presented by Meta. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Rogu Munovalin. It's Thursday. All right, today's show, what to expect from today's set of January 6th hearings. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Recall that in the first hearing of the January 6th committee, Representative Liz Cheney had this to say. Over multiple months, Donald Trump oversaw and coordinated a sophisticated seven-part plan to overturn the presidential election and prevent the transfer of presidential power. Each day has been devoted to covering one or two of the seven dramatic episodes of the overall plot. Today is devoted to part two, a deep dive into how Trump pressured Department of Justice officials to advance what committee members have repeatedly called an attempted coup. Trump wanted acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen and Rosen's deputy, Richard Donahue, to cast down on the election and give GOP-controlled state legislatures a pretense to appoint alternate presidential electors and prevent Joe Biden's victory. When these top DOJ officials wouldn't do his bidding, Trump threatened to replace them. In response, Rosen, Donahue, and Stephen Engel, who ran a key DOJ office, threatened to resign, with the strong implication that they take an untold number of justice officials with them. Trump backed down, and a constitutional crisis was averted. Rosen, Donahue, and Engel will all be testifying today. Politico's Kyle Cheney has a missive in today's playbook that you should check out with a preview of what to watch for in today's hearing. A quick excerpt, quote, Many details of this portion of the investigation are well documented by Congress. The Senate Judiciary Committee probed aspects of it last year and released a report in October that included lengthy interviews with Rosen and Donahue. The House Oversight Committee similarly talked to both men last year and obtained many of the same internal DOJ documents upon which the committee has relied. Still, the DOJ pressure campaign is a complicated and little understood piece of Trump's overall effort to stay in power. So the select committee's attempt to explain it all to a national audience will be a test of its communication skills. GOP announcements of opposition to the Senate gun bill are tumbling out of Congress. The latest to declare that he'll vote against it is Senator Rick Scott. Scott, you might recall, is not just a junior senator from Florida. He's also the chair of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. In the wake of the 2018 massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, Scott signed a bill that has some similarities to what's been drafted in the Senate. But it's not similar enough, according to Scott. So once again, on a major national policy issue, Scott is parting ways with Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who supports the gun bill. This morning, Scott will release a lengthy statement explaining his no vote, which zeroes in on what he calls, quote, the bill's unacceptably weak language on protecting due process and a provision to restore gun rights to convicted domestic abusers. Here's what's up in Washington, starting with the White House. At 9 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will welcome wounded warriors, caregivers, and families to the South Lawn as part of the annual soldier ride, with Vice President Kamala Harris and Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff also attending. At 10.30, Biden will receive the President's daily brief. White House COVID-19 response team and public health officials will brief at 2.15 p.m. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre will brief at 3.10. The House will meet at 10 a.m. Fed Chair Jerome Powell will testify before the Financial Services Committee at 10 a.m. Deborah Burks will testify Testify before an oversight subcommittee at 10 a.m. The January 6th committee will hold its latest hearing at 3 p.m. The Senate is in today with a closure vote to limit debate 
on the gun bill one hour after convening. And one last note, congratulations to Playbook co-author Rachel Bade and husband Alex Bishop, who welcomed daughters Skyla and Bishop on Wednesday. Rachel's on maternity leave, but she'll be back in action a little bit after the 2022 midterms. All right, for more news and what's breaking in DC right now, plus some photos of Rachel's baby, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com playbook. It's a really cute baby. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogumanovolin. Have a good Thursday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. I'm sure that baby is scooping the hell out of DC as we speak. Okay. One day in the metaverse, doctors will practice high-risk surgeries as many times as needed before operating on real patients. Education will be more immersive, allowing art students in Ohio to visit museums across the world without a plane ticket and giving science students in Florida the opportunity to sail through Saturn's rings. The metaverse will also transform workplace training. Imagine a world where engineers can disassemble and reassemble engines thousands of times without wasting materials, or where aspiring city planners can build hundreds of cities before a single real building is ever constructed. The metaverse may be virtual, but the impact will be real. Learn more about what Meta is building for the Metaverse at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.